welcome to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. I'm Renee Frazier, and I am the CEO of Frazier Communications. I'm also an advocate for women. As we see women moving into more leadership roles, I like to use this show to be able to highlight and inspire women to lead and succeed. So on the show, we talk with very successful women who've accomplished a great deal, but also are doing good in the world. The show, Why Women, focuses on why women do what they do, why we think differently, and how we accomplish so much so that others can take inspiration, as I said. My firm, Fraser Communications, is an advertising and marketing firm, one of the largest woman-owned and woman-led here in Los Angeles. And we're very much purpose-driven. One of the campaigns we're working on now is to encourage people to look at Catholic schools in Los Angeles as an alternative for their kids, for both elementary, middle, and also for all three, uh, the senior years in high school. What we have found is there's great evidence of the success of these schools. And our theme of the campaign is discover something better, discover Catholic schools. Today, we're going to be talking about an institution in our community that helps to fund tuition and financial assistance for people in our community who want their children to go to a Catholic school but may not be afford to be able to afford the tuition. We have Teresa Fragoso on our show. She's the Director of Operations Program and Chief excuse me, the Director of Operations, Programs, and Chief of Staff. And Teresa's going to share with us all about CEF. Welcome to the show, Teresa. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be with you today. We're delighted to have you, Teresa. As I said at the outset, I really see the value in this program of being able to increase the awareness of, uh, of people, understanding that Catholic schools are really an affordable alternative and that they're open all the time. But we'll dive into that. Uh, Teresa, when we start these interviews, I like to talk a little bit about the individual and get some background on them. Can you tell us uh, how you came to to CEF and and the organization, and then we'll talk a little bit about what it does. Absolutely. So um, Catholic Education Foundation, CEF, um, I began uh, CEF 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) I've been with the foundation quite a long time. Uh, I have been part, uh, there was only one person before me. And I think uh, the programs, the operations, everything has grown tremendously in these 25 years. It's definitely not the same foundation it was back in 1987. And uh, I came actually uh, to be the executive assistant to the um, executive director at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, they had only two or three programs. And uh, in the summer, the person that was in charge of those programs left. And then they asked if I'd like to take that on as well, Wow! which I quickly started to learn that I began to wear a lot of hats. I Mm -hmm. think that happens quite a bit where you're uh, most principals that work in Catholic schools understand that very well. You wear a lot of hats. And um, that has since become, uh, I think we were giving out maybe just under $3 million at the time in tuition awards to uh, about 2,000 children. And now we are dispersing up towards uh, $15, $17 million in tuition awards. And we receive anywhere between fifteen and 18,000 tuition award applications. That's wonderful. You know, I, I, I think what you pointed out, Teresa, is also true 
of being successful and, and particularly women. And that is a new challenge comes your way. Take it on. Don't step back. You know, there is some research that demonstrates that if women see a list of 10 qualities that are required for a position and men see the same list, women will not apply if they only have three to five of those things uh, <clears throat> in their background, whereas men will qualify even if they only have three. They'll apply, and women tend to discount and want to be it's much more rigorous. But in reality, taking on those opportunities bring new opportunities. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I think as women, we pretty much have to have all of those qualities. We need every little bit uh, to have that upper hand so that we can get the positions, that right. we can have that opportunity to succeed for them to even notice us. And demonstrate it, right? I mean, you took on Absolutely. the program aspect, even though you weren't trained in it, and you, you certainly did a great job. And now after 25 years, you're director of operations programs and, and chief of staff. So you mentioned 15 to 17 million, 15 to 18,000 uh, students applying. I saw on the website there was almost 12,500 student tuition uh, grants given in 20 and 20 through 21. You're clearly growing the amount of funds. Uh, how many schools get funded in a year typically, and, and how do you identify the schools? Well, every single school that is either parish or archdiocesan, elementary or high school within the three counties of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles who have children that want to apply can apply. So we fund the child, regardless of which school they attend within the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. So our awards go to the child. We fund the child, although the funds go directly to the school. So Got each it. family applies. Got so it. as long as they're attending one of the, there's about 278 schools in total. They're attending any one of those schools. They they can apply. Wonderful, wonderful. And the parents apply. They get an application at the school or at the parish. Is that right? That's correct. It, uh, they go directly through the school. And we have a very unique process that started about, I think we're in about our eighth year now. Um, rather than having the families, you know, come to us, we go to them. Mm. Um, we want to meet them where they are. And so because of the large number of applications we receive, we can't take them all at one time. So we break them up into cycles. So we look at the incoming, um, the graduating eighth graders that will be matriculating into high school uh -huh. as the first cycle. The second cycle are all your high school, which is ninth through 12th grade for the new year. And then the third cycle would be all of the elementary schools, anywhere from pre-K, TK, kinder through eighth grade. And then we also do a small tranche oh, around this time for those that may have missed deadlines and still are trying to get in. So we have a fourth cycle the only way we can process that number of applications. Well, that's good to know. Let's let's talk about that fourth cycle right now. So we're in the uh, month of June, and of course, schools are going to start up again in August, many of them. So parents are looking for places for their children. Now is the time to visit a neighborhood school, to get an application, to ask for a tour, to learn about the school, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think they should miss an opportunity. The schools are welcoming. They're still, they're open now. Um, a few of them may close for a few days during the 4th of July weekend, and then they open up again for summer school. So it's a great time to visit a school in this July, and then they close for a few weeks in early August to prepare 
for the reopening. You know, I, I we had the opportunity to interview some of the principals and uh, also the admissions people. And uh, there was one gentleman that we uh, we entered, we met with Lewis, and I cannot tell you how enthusiastic he was. He would meet at the school with parents at 8 a.m. or on a Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning, whenever it took, to give them a tour of the school, to talk about the financial assistance. As you said, meeting them where they are physically and mentally, right, being with them and encouraging. I, I suspect you see that throughout the system. I do. I do. And a lot of the families, I mean, uh, at least the families that we serve, we find that um, they can walk by a, a sign that'll say, you know, open enrollment, come visit, and and they just keep on walking. But when they see the school that's open and thriving and welcoming, they they will walk in and and ask questions and and ask for a tour. I think it's great. And uh, the schools are really welcoming. And if you don't choose to go, that's okay, too. I think some people feel like, well, I don't want to be a burden. I'm not sure I can afford it. And the purpose of our campaign and the purpose of the work that you're doing is uh, to let people know that there really is a welcoming environment and you might be able to afford it. I'd, I'd like to talk about that affordability. And I know that you can't choose any one particular school, but perhaps I can share an example of what we heard from one of the principals. Uh, the school mm-hmm. had been uh, uh, $3,700 a year. It was going to go up to $4,100 a year. But the mm-hmm. principal felt very confident that if a family had the, uh, the level of need that they had seen, that it could be much less than that. It could be less than $2,000. So it could be less than $200 a month to send their child to the, to, to the, in this case, it was elementary school. So it seems very reasonable, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I think on average, when we're looking at the average tuition in most of our parish schools, primarily in the inner city, they can range anywhere between 35 to uh, 4,200. So that is definitely within the range of a tuition uh, being charged, but with the tuition assistance through CEF and, you know, the parish also gives um, also a type of financial aid as well. Um, with everyone helping, we're, we're, everyone is trying to make ensure that child has access to a Catholic school education. Right, right. <clears throat> and the money can be become affordable. I, I know it's hard for uh, for me to say, well, it, what's affordable? Because everybody is facing difficult times, and particularly now uh, with inflation and prices going up and salaries being you know difficult. But at the same time, saying I could bid my child a Catholic education, we're going to talk about what that includes and, and the value of that. But when you think about 100 to $200 a month, and it means sacrificing some things, but it's worth the investment in your child. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And many of the families that we do interview during the application process, they do make great sacrifices. Um, some are, are, at least the families that we serve, they're uh, um, very low income. Yes. And so they're making great sacrifices. That's and, right. But the schools are also making the sacrifice in, in reducing and financial their own internal financial aid and helping that family 
um, make that Catholic school education a, a possibility for the well, child. Well, Teresa, we're going to talk more about that in our next segment. Folks, we're talking with Teresa Fergoso, and Teresa is the Director of Operations at <clears throat> the Catholic Education Foundation. We're going to talk about why the need is so great and how you go about getting tuition assistance. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women, Inspiring Women to Lead and Succeed, and Ways You Can Have Your child in a catholic school in your neighborhood stay tuned listen to news and traffic next and we'll be right back with the dr renee frazier show why women welcome back to the dr renee frazier show why women this is renee frazier ceo of frazier communications we're talking today about the Catholic Education Foundation. We're talking with Teresa Fergoso, who is the Director of Operations, Programs, and Chief of Staff. Teresa, we were talking about the need uh, for the education, and uh, I, I just to create some context around this, I, we've been doing a lot of reading. I think many parents have been seeing uh, social media posts, blogs, and content, and news sites about problems with different school systems in Los Angeles. And uh, and this is LAUSD and many others. Unfortunately, we're facing some very difficult times, and there have been uh, some some residual uh, consequences and, and feelings about COVID, which means that parents are opening their minds to new places for their children and considering them. And frankly, in the research, we found that people weren't thinking about their Catholic schools in their neighborhood. That's why this idea of discover something better, discover Catholic schools came from Fraser. I think people are worried about their children in their schools, and sadly, the statistics uh, increase our worry. Let's talk about the families that we we were discussing, low-income families, particularly Latino families in Los Angeles who, who may see the real value in a Catholic education, may even belong to a parish, but haven't yet thought about a Catholic school for their children. Can you describe some of the folks who come in for the tuition assistance and the financial aid? Well, many of the families that we serve, as I mentioned, they they were the ones on the front line during COVID. Um, they are working jobs that are, uh, I, I'm going to back up a little bit, uh, the average family size is a family of four earning approximately about $36,000. Um, those are the family le- income levels that we, we've been serving for many years. Um, for COVID, um, we saw the increase uh, arise in the need of for tuition assistance and families that had slightly elevated incomes. Mm. Um, but uh, just to make ends meet, maybe the one person lost their job and they see their income um, is not at the 36,000 level, maybe it's at 50,000. But we are able to serve those families and ensure that they can receive a tuition award to attend a Catholic school. Um, most of the families are struggling, um, whether it's one, a single mom, I have plenty of single fathers, I have children that are living with guardians 
So there's so many different types of family units that are requesting assistance. Well, it makes sense that there are families in need who, uh, you know, have come to Los Angeles for family, for for, for friends, that neighbors that they know, an area they feel uh, welcomed. But at the same time, jobs are hard to come by. I know in the work we do for First Five California, we found a lot of families where the mom and the dad each have more than one job just to make ends meet. They they work part time. They don't necessarily have a full time job, and uh, and that means that there's a lot of strain on the family income. And uh, in so many cases, trade-offs. So education is free in the United States, so you can get a free education. But in the case that we're talking about, it's worth investing. And let's talk about why those families feel that maybe a Catholic education would be better for their children. What do you find? Well, the number one reason many of the our families place their children, if we're looking at inner city schools, it's safety. It's an environment where it's nurturing where they know their their children will be safe. They are small classes. Um, they historically already know that a Catholic school education will be a, a higher advantage to their child's life, um, maybe from their own country, mm-hmm. uh, where they know a Catholic school has always been a private school, normally for the wealthy. That's why when they arrive here, they don't they don't even think about Catholic schools. Right. They don't see they it as within for the their... wealth. They mm-hmm. not realizing that our Catholic schools were created for a whole other reason. And they are welcoming and available to anyone who wishes to have that type of education. I think that's so important that uh, parents realize that, as you said, in their own country, it might have only been something for the rich. What, what, what we heard when we interviewed the teachers and the principals is this welcoming environment. In, 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 and it came in, a, in the sense of uh, knowing the child's name, being able to see the spark in the child, seeing their potential, uh, wanting that child to flourish and thrive, uh, as opposed to just move them through the system or you know get them the right tests and the right content. It was about letting that child reach their fullest potential. And I think that's what every parent wants. And it seemed like you got more of that at Catholic schools. You definitely do. Um, we see that time and time again. I've gone to visit school sites and principals know every child's name and they know the parents and mm-hmm. the grandparents and maybe siblings and aunts or uncles. You know, it becomes where they know everyone in the family and other family members that have attended in the past. So it, it becomes definitely their 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 family. That's right. As well. That's right. Absolutely. There's a sense of a community, a sense of being part of something. And uh, I think parents want that, uh, particularly parents who might have come from a smaller village or a town where they felt everyone knew who they were and knew the sisters and the brothers, the aunts and the uncles, like you just talked about, the tias, the you know, the abuelas. And they they want to feel that same sense of I, I belong. I'm I'm appreciated here. And that's the teachers and the principals go out of their way to create that spirit, right? Absolutely. And the children too, you know, they create their own internal community. So uh, I, it was so funny because all the graduations occurred uh, over the past month and many of the graduating eighth graders had been in that school since kinder. And so 90, 90 to 95% of the children had already been together for many, many years, you know, every time. And then going into high school, uh, maybe they separate from friends, but then they have a whole new cohort and 
and they they have friends forever. It's, a, it, it's just amazing. Wonderful thing. I know when they walk around the uh, the outdoor and they, they're graduating, the, their first grade and their kinder teacher will come up and give them a hug. You know, it's eighth grade and they're taller than they ever were, but they're they're still, that little child is still inside and it was so touching and I, uh, you could see the, the, the spark in the eyes of the children. They, they felt loved and they, it's a wonderful thing. Let's, let's talk about the application process uh, and, and getting this uh, uh, fight financial aid. How is that handled? Do people have to send in a computerized form? What is it like? It's actually very simple. Um, and ironically, we created an application um, over the years that's evolved, but it's very simple. You do have to provide proof of income. And what we did was uh, I wanted to ensure that the application we created was very similar to FAFSA uh-huh. so that a family that is um, submitting an application with us when the time came to to apply for FAFSA for college, they wouldn't they wouldn't get anxiety. They would look at it and say, "Oh, this is just like CEFs. I can handle this. I That's can do great. this." That's great. So we wanted to ensure that they were very comfortable with the process and ensuring them that the information they're giving to us is secure. We don't request. Or we only want proof of income to view it, to say, if you write down your income is X, Y, or Z, we are verifying it with the inc- proof of income that you bring, but we do not keep it. Oh, that's good. Um, you don't keep any oh, of yeah. the records, so they don't have to feel that it, someone's going to exactly. use it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We just verify it. We also uh, create our own internal student ID numbers into our databases, so we don't utilize social security numbers. Excellent. So that is that's another safety level. We have our own internal student ID numbers, and that number will follow them until they graduate high school. Um, even if they transfer in between schools, which they have has happened as well. And basically, what we do is we it's think of the Ford assembly line. They go to an on-site. The parent will go online. They'll create uh, they will create their appointment date at a particular high school site. Our sites are always at one of our Catholic high schools. Um, two reasons. One, there are only 30 high school sites across the archdiocese, three counties, and it's and the elementary school principal will decide which high school site their families will go to uh-huh. to apply. And it also brings families to a high school site that maybe have never even thought of even Catholic high school. So for so the aspirations, making them start thinking in advance. Right. Absolutely. Right. They aspire Absolutely. to that. I have they, had the first time we did this, we had a gentleman come in with his son who was in kinder and he went through the process. And I'll tell you what high school we were at Bourbon day and Watts. And the gentleman was going to St. Lawrence of Brindisi and watch with his son. And he told one of our, our staff members in Spanish, he goes, this is where my son is going to go when he, when he graduates. <laughs> so that already sparked it. Yeah. He was already thinking about that. That's and the, the little boy was just entering kinder. So those are the reasons we, we also do that. Secondary thing is that, our team welcomes you. We check to see that you have um, the paperwork and um, proof of income together. And if not, we let you know immediately what is needed so that you can call home. If you're missing a schedule, if you're missing any little piece, we'll just say, please just take a photo of it, send it to us. We just, we just want to see it. We want, we're not going to keep it. And then once they check in, they will sit with one of our our uh, program coordinators, and they will walk them through the entire app. We'll fill it out together, make sure they have everything. 
And then when that's finished, they go to a data entry person. If they're already in the system, we just update the, the financial aid information. And if they are renewing, they literally will get their letter uh, uh, immediately after that whole process. Wow. So saying, a, congratulations, you're receiving your tuition. That's award. wonderful. Painless process. What, what are the proportion of people who apply who actually get aid? We're looking at about, I would say, at least 80% of them do get aid. Uh, we do carry a wait list. So what happens is uh, once we have committed all the funds um, based on our, our budget and what we say we're going to raise money for, um, once we have exhausted that, we will keep the others on a wait list, our wait list for financial aid. It's not a wait list to attend school. So Got they it. can still go to school. And then what we'll do is we'll verify enrollment in the fall. And uh, if there's any attrition immediately, which we always do, um, we immediately go in and start clearing um, tuition awards for those children that were waiting on a wait list. That's and great. we have been able to fund 100% of the wait list. That's great. So, so they're yeah, over the last four years. Excellent. 100% of the wait list. You know, we're going to have to pause here, Teresa, for one moment for news and traffic. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. And we're talking about Catholic education and how you could get tuition aid and financial aid that is available to all the children throughout Los Angeles County, actually the three counties. We'll cover that in a few minutes. Please listen further as we talk with Teresa Fragoso and learn more about the Catholic Education Foundation. This is the Dr. Renee Frazier Show. Why women? This is Renee Frazier. And we're talking about Catholic education here in Los Angeles. I have on the show with me today, Teresa Fragoso, who's Director of Operations Programs and Chief of Staff at the Catholic Education Foundation, which funds uh, over $15 million in uh, tuition assistance or financial aid. It's probably the better word for young people, for families going into schools here, Catholic schools. There are 278 schools, so lots of op- options. Uh, Teresa, we were talking about this process of applying, which you make very uh, easy for people. And uh, they, they don't have to, you don't keep records of their finances. You you have to see them and register it in the system. We were talking about how comfortable you make people feel. Would you mind talking a little more about how your staff reassures people and what the process is like so people can convey this to their friends, can think about it for themselves as they're looking at Catholic schools for their children? Oh, absolutely. Our staff has been trained um, to really work one-on-one with their families. Um, they are all, uh, all but one, I believe, are, bi- are bilingual. So they can work with them, speak with them in Spanish, and um, allay their fears. And, and we literally walk them through the entire process from start to finish, from the moment they walk in and when they leave. And uh, we work very closely with all of our Catholic schools as well. Um, and uh, each individual principal 
so that they too can help their families um, with the process. Well, that's great. You know, the the schools want students. You know, one of the reasons this campaign that I mentioned <clears throat> that Frazier is doing, uh, discover something better, discover Catholic schools, uh, is is instigated because there are openings, there are spaces. The schools are open. There's open enrollment, and as we spoke about a few minutes ago, sometimes parents don't even realize or think about Catholic schools. So we want to open their minds to discover something better. When we did the work with uh, uh, the preparation work with the interviewing of principals, my firm uh, is very research-based. I'm a uh, social psychologist by training, Teresa. And all of the campaigns we do, we start with listening sessions and research and understanding what differentiates a brand, whether it's Toyota or it's a campaign for Cedars-Sinai or the uh, uh, the um, Department of Motor Vehicles, the state of California, all of those folks, so that we really understand the nuances. And when we interviewed the principals, the parents, and the teachers, uh, we heard some remarkable details. One that you've mentioned a moment ago, which is this focus on being welcoming, this notion of being kind to the children, wanting to see them thrive, knowing each child's name, being a very safe environment, sense, creating a sense of community and family among the parents, the children, and the teachers, but we also heard the outcomes are pretty amazing. The graduation rate for high school is 99%. I don't think any public school can can register at that level. Very, very few. Right, and the data that uh, we have um, is actually very robust. It's based on a study we did with uh, Loyola Marymount University, and uh, they followed uh, various cohorts um, and they were actually looking at our data. So we were looking at the most financially, ah. the, the families with financially struggling. Ah. Um, so they're, you're not looking at, uh, you know, some of the higher end schools, highly private with, you know, $15,000 um, tuition at an elementary. We're looking at schools in the inner city and right. that population. Right. And those children were matriculating um, from eighth until ninth at a hundred percent. And it wasn't until that time that I even knew that there was a huge dropout in the pub- public school sector oh, yes. from eighth into ninth. It, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around that. Yeah, um, But our schools was a hundred percent matriculation from eighth into ninth. It was a, a 99% graduation rate. And that meant the the cohort from ninth, following the cohort from ninth grade all the way to 12th grade. Wow, And then we had a 98.5% college acceptance rate with the other percentages that it also included going into the military. That's fantastic. So 98.5 college acceptance rate, and this is among the lower income families uh, where we know there's a lot of odds against them. So that's a fantastic uh, number. I want to remind people, too, that you told us that for many of these schools, the tuition is 3,500 to 4,200 a year, and that does not include the financial aid. So when you add that, it's even lower. I want families to know this is really accessible within reach. Uh, So the outcomes are outstanding. There's also a a 
a sense of character that that children develop, the Catholic values that are conveyed. And I think this is important to talk about because we live in an age of a lot of division and a lot of uh, identifying differences rather than commonalities. But we're driven by our, our deepest beliefs and our values. I mentioned I'm a social psychologist, and the research we do to link brands emotionally to people, we tap into those values. You hear what's important to people. And I know from my own children, those have to be inculcated, and the school can be a part of that. Can you talk a little bit about Catholic values, how they nurture the true self, and, and and, uh, and the Christian values that we see in children from the school. Yes, values, character, that is all completely embedded in the curriculum from the moment a child steps on campus until they leave. It, they are completely embraced in those values, the Catholic values, and um, learning to treat each other with, with the deepest respect and um I think it's very palpable when the moment you walk in. I think when when a family or a donor walks onto a school campus, that's what you feel immediately. Yeah, you feel a sense of uh, caring. And uh, I, I have to say, having been on quite a few campuses myself, you know, to do uh, mentoring events and things of that nature, sometimes you see a caustic uh, toxicity. Uh, I have to say, middle school, a lot of girls, you see that. A little bit of cattiness, uh, uh, you know, people being in uh, cliques. You don't feel that when you're on these uh, school campuses. There's a happiness, there's a spirit, and there's a sense of caring for others. Uh, that seems really genuine, and I assume that comes really from the inculcation of the Catholic values. Uh, it's instilled from the teachers and the way they talk about the students. Uh, I certainly heard it, uh, and it seems like th- that cattiness is not tolerated, right? There, there's a, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. There's a different kind of culture and a spirit in the there classroom. There definitely is, and one of the things, uh, if you notice, our elementary schools go from some have pre-K and TK kinder, and it goes all the way to eighth grade. And there's a reason for that. The children, the lower grade children and the upper grade children, it, it, it keeps a balance. Mm. There's a constant balance. And I remember speaking with uh, one of the sisters of the Dominican sisters of San Jose, and it was one of the questions I had posed 20 some odd years ago. And she said that the reason is the eighth graders it's the little ones that balance those middle school age children. Ah, well, they, and they just and they end up being the big brothers and sisters, big sisters. those yeah. lower grade, and they do things together. They form their own small little families by grades, and they do little uh, little projects together or activities together. Well, I could see that, you know, where uh, girls and boys really want to be involved with the younger children. Uh, it gives Fine. them a chance to be a big brother or big sister. And, uh, you know, when you're in an environment with 9th, 10th, 11th, 12-year-olds, you're the young ones. But in this case, they get to be the, uh, the, the big guys on campus, right? The girls and the guys exactly. who really, yeah, and they can, they can guide young people. They can take credit for helping them right. and they can feel. Being mentors, yes. tutors, and at the same time, allowing them to also be young children again. Right. Right. And, and you know, be play. playful, playful yes, again. Be in the playful. That, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a, all those expectations. Smart, smart. And you don't get that when you're in a public middle school because everyone is that same grade and there's just, I guess, a lot of 
some little tension at that point, but this allows them, the, the, the TK, the eighth really allows a type of balance, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. A balance and a, and a genuine opportunity to love and care for others and have a real Absolutely. valuable mentoring experience. Because if you don't have that when you're young, it's hard to replicate it as you get older. But uh, Exactly. Uh, it allows them to do their character and values in action. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I think there's also the uh, service projects that they do, which are pretty remarkable. Each of the schools have a p- community service outreach effort. I know one of the schools has a school they're funding. This was St. Bede's. They're funding a school in Sudan, uh, a girls' school. And what a wonderful way to understand can internationally that you can have an impact on other people around the world. So it made a big difference to the, the kids in that school, and the parents spoke about it, too. It brought them all together. These are all wonderful examples of, of why these Catholic schools are such a great alternative. I'm so glad that we have you on, Teresa, to talk about the financial aid that's available to any family. Would you mention the website or the way they can get in touch with you before we close out this segment? Absolutely. Our website is www.cefdn.org. So that's CEF, meaning FDN is the foundation, right? Catholic Education Foundation. So CEFDN.org. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking with Teresa Moore about how does she get the funds? How can you as a donor help? How could you support a family and children getting a Catholic education? You're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. Stay tuned while we go to news and traffic, but listen in and we'll learn more about the Catholic Education Foundation. This is the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women? And I'm Renee Frazier. Today we're talking about the Catholic Education Foundation, the work that they're doing to fund and offer tuition assistance, financial aid to low-income families throughout Los Angeles area so that the kids can go to Catholic schools. We have created at Fraser a campaign called Discover Something Better, Discover a Catholic Schools. We've identified song solid reasons why Catholic education is a better alternative, including a 98.5 college acceptance rate that was just been shared with us by Teresa Franco. Fergoso. Teresa is the Director of Operations, Programs, and the Chief of Staff. Teresa, your Catholic Education Foundation, which I'm going to say the website one more time for folks, it's cefdn.org, is a great opportunity for people to research and understand how they can send their children to Catholic schools. How how do you do the fundraising? Uh, This is a lot of money that you are able to to offer to people for financial assistance. When do you do the fundraising and what's the process you utilize? Well, the applications are actually done, the process is done a year in advance. So the entire intake we did this past school year will be funded next year. And we raise the month, we'll be focused on raising the money the entire year for that cohort of students. Uh, We have a fundraising goal of $17.5 million in current use funds. And uh, we have a pretty amazing little fundraising team. Wow. Uh, And uh, (laughs) Uh, we have a lot of hard work ahead of us because the needs are even greater. 
but um, yes, I, everything that we raise in the current use funds goes right back out. 100% of it goes right back out. That's amazing. So all of the funds go out to families in need. We talked about the application process, how there's a a lot of hand-holding. It is not difficult. There are no financial records uh, that are, are are kept, and people yes. can uh, realize that there definitely is privacy in their information. We talked about tuition being, on average, 3500 to $4,200 for these schools, although we know there are some very uh, high-end schools, but we're talking about the vast majority of the 278, and that financial assistance is available through the Catholic Education Foundation to make that much easier for families and what an investment it really is. When we look at the uh, donation process, people donate knowing that they're going to support a Catholic education. Is that how this is presented to potential donors? Oh, absolutely. Um, we we have um, individual donors. We have we do a great deal of grant writing. Uh, we have founda- other foundations and organizations that we also. Um, write proposals to. Um, we receive estate gifts. So there's a, a plethora of ways to really um, uh, donate to CEF. And that has been able to support the work that we're doing. People must feel very gratified uh, to know that they're, you know, helping children to get a, a quality education and 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 a real um, pathway to success. Right when 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 you look at the evidence, we've talked about some of it in the show: the welcoming environment, the safe environment, <clears throat> the emphasis in extracurricular activities, the Catholic values. The children who go to Catholic schools are on a trajectory. Uh, to be very successful and to be of service and giving back. I, I can imagine when you talk to donors, that's part of what's motivating. I mean, what are the other motivations for donors? A lot of the donors also, they want to know what the return on the investment is. And the return on the investment is that, as you mentioned, you change the trajectory of the child. But you actually change the entire trajectory of the entire family hmm. and every generation thereafter. And I think that's what's the most powerful point. Tell us how that happens. Can you describe you know, anecdotally what that means? I mean, one family member goes to college, they become, what, what happens? How does it change the entire family? It changes the entire family. And it, I mean, the best example would be my own. My parents, my mother was eight before she started school mm-hmm. because, and my, uh, and she had to leave school. Um, because World War II started. Oh. So neither of my and my father only had a third grade education. So they made sure I had a Catholic school education. <laughs> and so my children had a Catholic school education. Wow. My wow. grandchild is now enrolled in a Catholic school and ha- and will have a Catholic school education. No woman thereafter will not suffer from not having a, a Catholic school education in my family. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and the success uh, lifts up the entire family, right? Because you, you, yeah, you reach back and you help everyone in the family. Back. The whole generation there forward just keeps moving and growing. And community service. My youngest daughter just uh, 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 got her job. Um, she's an artist, but she really loves nonprofit work. And she just started grant writing for a local nonprofit here in Torrance. And she's just so happy Uh, so it's the giving back and so she still has her art and she still has another job her job her 
core job, but she said she just felt like she needed to do something that was beyond that. And that was to give back as a grant writer. That's so meaningful that, you know, she's helping. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're right. This is uh, embedded in the character of the person as a result of being part of the school. I, we, we saw that also with the, uh, with the parents. Uh, One, one couple that we met had met actually at the school, uh, got, went their separate ways, found each other and married. And now their three children are in the same school with them. And the grandparents, parents live nearby and the kids go right. to the grandparents house after school i mean it really is a true truly a family affair it really is and uh I, I, we see that time and time again there are just so many stories out there and and they're just the the families are grateful for the gift of a catholic school education i i must emphasize that that the gratitude is just amazing i think that's what's the best part of my job is Yes, I I love raising the money. I love managing the programs and 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 dispersing the funds, obviously. But when I visit the schools and I meet the children and I meet the families that we serve, and they are just so deeply grateful. Mm-hmm. So for, there's this sense the, of uh... for this support, not just to CEF, but to our donors. Mm-hmm. It, it's very touching. Well, you know, there's a, a circle of giving here, right? The donors give and feel the gratitude, and then the young people grow up and express that gratitude in the work they do and with their own children and their own family. So it, it uh, it's an important part of our community. I think Catholic education is something people have to think about. You know, it's an alternative. And I should say that it's not just for Catholics. I, the statistics we've seen is that maybe 70 to 80 percent of the students going are Catholic, but uh, people go right. from other other faiths. I have two Jewish friends who put their children into Catholic schools, see the value in the values that and the Catholic values and all the things we talked about, the welcoming, safe environment of truly Absolutely. letting a child thrive. And you see that as well. Absolutely. And even our donors, um, they're not all Catholic either. Um, one of the most powerful programs we have is the SOS program for highly at-risk students. These are children that are um, living in uh, with the foster care system. They either have one or both parents either deceased or incarcerated, um, living with, uh, like I said, either foster care or with other guardians. And um, this was a Jewish couple that started this program. They felt the need. They literally told me that no other school system would be able to help these children uh-huh. and that they, they felt that the investment in the Catholic school education for these children was the best investment for them. What a wonderful, heartwarming story. I mean, we read about foster kids and see how isolated they are and how difficult it can be with them with no uh, loving parents around them, potentially, right? In some cases there are, but uh, sadly not always the case. So this couple saw that when they're in a Catholic environment, a Catholic school environment, they'll be surrounded by love and that they would get that nourishment, right, for their uh, exactly for their that the sa- They would be safe. They would be nurtured. And there would be stability, mm-hmm. a stability that they didn't they didn't have. I like seeing that. I mean, I think that's another thing we saw in the work we did. The teachers are so dedicated. They don't move from school to school. They love the school that they're part of. When they're in a Catholic school, they feel they too feel like they're part of a the family there. Uh, so that's Absolutely. also 
Right. That's important for consistency for these young young children. So that's the SOS program. So people can formulate specific objectives with the Catholic oh, Education Foundation. Can you give any other examples? We have a donor that um, is, uh, he said the best time he ever had in school was on uh, field trips. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and his uh, foundation uh, provides funding so that we could give um, field trips. So he provides, uh, funds all the transportation. It's called the Big Yellow Bus Program. And there's approximately between 30 to 44 elementary schools and about five to six high schools that will utilize the funds to take the children to educational field trips or to go visit college campuses uh-huh. or high school campuses. Um, anything that would um, enhance the, the current curriculum. That's great. And their yeah. goals. Yeah. So this gentleman got to design, a, uh, instigate a program based on what he saw as needs. So I want folks to realize that Teresa Fragoso, who runs the, uh, as the director of operations programs at the Catholic Education Foundation is accessible to you. Uh, Teresa can be reached out to through email. You can go to the website and learn more about the organization, how you too could fund it as a donor. And if you're thinking about it for schools, reach out to a school in your neighborhood and identify, go to that school, go through an application, set up a tour, visit the school, talk about it. And if you're in need of financial assistance, they will give you the information to get to the catholiceducationfoundation.org website. Teresa, will you tell folks how they can reach out to you and mention the website one last time? Absolutely. I may be reached directly at my email. It's tfragoso, so T-F-R-A-G-O-S-O at C-E-F-D-N.org. Or they can visit our website at cefdn.org. Wonderful. And that's C-E-F-D-N, F-D-N like in foundation, Frank Correct. Donut. And, Correct. And, yes. uh, and, uh, .org. New, that's right. Right. Exactly. .org. Well, listen, Teresa, it's been terrific talking with you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I hope many of our listeners are now interested in Catholic schools and see the, the, op, the opportunity that exists in our community and the opportunity for financial assistance through the Catholic Education Foundation. And remember that website, cefdn.org. Thank you, Teresa. Yeah, yeah no problem. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it greatly and have a wonderful evening. Thank you, you too, Teresa. You've been listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. This is Renee Frazier. We've been talking about the values of a Catholic education and the ways to obtain tuition remission, financial aid through the Catholic Education Foundation. Wonderful organization. Thank you for listening. You can hear this as a podcast and other podcasts available at FraserCommunications.com. Also, check out our website to see the other campaigns we do for purpose-driven efforts throughout the United States. That's FraserCommunications.com. Thank you for listening. This is Renee Frazier. Have a great week ahead.